Welcome to the Infertility Feelings Podcast. I am Jesse Brown with Doug Brown here, and we just have an amazing episode and I think a really great conversation about infertility and Instagram. Whoa, Instagram. Instagram. It's going to be a hot one. It's going to be a hot take. Um, and we're just so excited um, to have our guest with us today. Um, we have been wanting to get her on our podcast since the beginning of our podcast. And we just felt like this was the perfect subject um, to talk about. And we are so excited to have Monica here Hello. with us. Hi, yeah. guys. I am very excited to be here, especially about this topic because it is near and dear to my heart, and I have been through a road of Instagram and a road of a social media experience through infertility, so I'm very excited to have this conversation with you guys. All right, without further ado, infertility and Instagram. Monica, you have an Instagram account that has, I mean, over right ten, over like 10,000 followers, yeah? Yes, which was an accident, by the way, but yes. <laughs> Uniquely Knitted has over 10,000 followers. I mean, if you just thought about 20,000 people in a room together, that is... So many people. It's an insane amount of people and an insane amount of um, opportunity to share out into the world. And in a lot of good ways, infertility has... The topic of infertility has found a lot of um, uh, help, support. It's kind of blossomed in the Instagram world. And I know that there are good things about that and there are bad things about that. I think just to begin this entire conversation, I would love for us all to share what are some of the good things about infertility and Instagram, that, that connection, and what are some of the negative bad things. Let's start with the good and jump right into that. I think one of the things that's really amazing about Instagram overall for the infertility world is that a lot of times people in their actual lives don't know somebody who is going through what they're going through, or they're not in a position where they're comfortable sharing with their family and friends, Yes, whether it has to do with cultural differences, whether it has to do with um, stigma in their family, whatever it is. And Instagram and social media in general has a space where you can find community to feel less alone. And that is why I personally started my Instagram page because even though my husband, um, both of his siblings went through infertility and were all infertile for different reasons, huh. but they were so far removed from their experience and had been through it so many years before us and they had their children out of it and they were so focused on the fact that it works. But we had been through mm. losses through IUI and just not feeling that way. So I started this Instagram page so that I could find people who were going through what I was going through, who were only a little bit ahead of what I was going through. And then in turn, I was able to kind of help people that were starting their experience with infertility as well. So to start with the good, you are in a position where you can go and find what you need that you're not getting in your everyday life. And I think that that part of the infertility community is amazing. Over the course of the time that I've been in the infertility community, I've seen it grow tremendously mm -hmm. and also seen so much inclusion and diversity in terms of infertility and all the different stories that are being told. And there is this place now, even for people who are living in 
their real world where it's very taboo to talk about infertility, they have a safe space where they can anonymously share and anonymously get support that they need. So yeah, I, I find that. that, yeah, I find there's a huge, powerful, positive aspect when it comes to the community that is formed. Um, do you want me to dive into some bad? Things? Yes, I, yeah. Well, I have I have a thought first. even before as you're sharing about some of that good stuff. Um, it takes me back to when we were Jesse, when we and I, when you and I were struggling with infertility. I never in a million years thought to search no. on on Instagram. Or I don't know if it was a, a a product of the time period that we were in, or if it's just the thought process never came into my mind, but I never, it would have been awesome. I would have really valued some of the group thought, some of the group um, communal wisdom about the topic, but I never even, it never even no. crossed my mind. Maybe never. like I would, you know, we'd talk about it with friends of ours and stuff, but no one brought up, even thought about it to be bringing it to Instagram, you know? And on our personal, my personal account, I talked about my infertility. I, we yeah. shared about it. And it was still like not a thought for me to go and find it and go a level deeper and be like, oh, maybe there are people that are struggling just like me. I think <laughs> it know? speaks to even just the way people use the internet now. Like people are searching hashtags, following hashtags, are finding, you know, groups and things like that. And I, maybe <laughs> just when we were going through, it was just, you know, traveling pictures and cat pictures and stuff like that. And it wasn't like, oh, right. there's actual communities of people out there. Maybe there were and we were, maybe it was just right. me looking at cat pictures. Yeah. I think that's what it was. <laughs> well, Dog I think cats. until you have the experience of actually joining a community, you have no idea that that community exists online. Right. right. So that's an aspect too, where like, I was like, oh my gosh, this space exists and look at there's, you know, almost a million, like at the time when I joined there, you know, it was almost a million uh, posts about infertility. And gosh, I'm sure yeah. now there's millions and millions and millions. Yeah. Um, so like I said, it's this really powerful space. And I love what you said, Doug, just about the communal knowledge that you gain too. If somebody has, is going through something that you are in the middle of going through, they've already experienced it. You can learn, you can advocate, you learn to advocate differently for yourself too, through other people's experiences. Yeah. And all of that is great. But the, what ends up happening is that you are on this incredibly powerful platform that is community related. And then you have to remember that Instagram is built on being an addictive platform. Mm. And that's where I think we get into some of the issues of emotions and mental health and how the social media aspect, a platform that is designed to keep you online, to keep you engaged, to keep you having these emotional ups and downs so you keep going back for more, that's where I feel we get into this issue of like, where is the line that we need to draw for ourselves? And we all need to take control of our social media experience. Mm. Because one thing mm -hmm. that I think happens in this is that we're so quick to blame other people. So hmm. if you're having a bad social media experience, you're very quick at, and the, the, the general you, and I did this too, when I started to not feel so great, I was blaming other people, hmm. blaming content that I didn't like, blaming the fact that I'm having a great day and then I hop on Instagram and all of a sudden all I see is negative posts or the yeah. opposite. <laughs> yeah. right. I'm having a really bad day and all I see are all these happy posts. Mm -hmm. And something that I had to do for myself was sit down and say, 
uh, I'm in control of this device in my hand and I need to put it down. I need to step away. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. And somehow, because it's this addiction that a lot of us have, it's like I check my phone and then three minutes later, I'm like, okay, well, what happened in the three minutes that I right. wasn't there? Right. Like right. your brain <laughs> right. is just so quick to pick it up for that dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. And, and what's crazy is once you yeah. actually gather somewhat of a following, the, you know, in those three minutes, a lot could actually, happen. A lot is happening. So right. it's a it's almost like this synthesized drug of friendship that isn't so unrealistic to any other type of relationship any of us have probably ever experienced where you know, you can be texting with someone or talking with someone and, you know, there's certain gaps and like, well, you're living, I'm living. Instagram is this synthesized version of it where quite literally every, you know, 10 times every second, something is happening that you could pay attention to. How on earth could any, how on earth could any person keep up with that? Whether you have a hundred thousand followers, 10,000 followers, 500 followers, 200 followers, 50 followers. All of a sudden you have an influx of people that you would not meet in your normal everyday life. Right. And you are, all of us are bombarded with whether it's new content or DMS and it's exciting in the beginning when you are craving feeling a part of something when you feel so out of sorts when you're going through this infertility journey. Right. And I think something even you just said is really important because I think people will be listening and be like, well, it's cool. Like I'd love to have 10,000 followers. I mean, or even like I'd love to have a hundred thousand followers and like that, you know, provides a lot of opportunity. It's not the amount of people that are following you or who you're connected to even a hundred and four hundred and seventy five people that you're when have you been hanging out with 175 people who all want to talk to you? Even that is insane. So right, it's not about right. it's not about how we, many and the opportunity you get. It's just that like more than four is an influx that you know humanity has never seen before in, in terms exactly. of like the capability of what we're able to do in terms of friendship. You know, right? And from like an anthropological anthropology standpoint, whatever I can't yeah. even think of the right <laughs> anthropological. Word to use, I don't know if that's a, anthropological. I get it. I get it. Term here. Yeah. I love but it. From from that aspect, <laughs> groups of people usually in your life you don't know more than 150 people. The brain right. Right. and somebody can fact check me on this. To reference, um, I love the Armchair Expert podcast, but this is something that they have talked about just in terms of we are actually not engineered to be able to communicate with as many people as we all communicate with now, no matter how many followers you have. thousand followers on Instagram. Right. And when you listen to actual famous people who are tracked by the paparazzi, they talk about how fame didn't make them happy. It's not like I'm all of a sudden a happier person because I have X amount of followers. I, and that's where we kind of need to talk about how powerful it is to find community in space and feel connected to something but make sure you're setting boundaries so that you're not falling prey to this thing that we keep going back to that wants you to fall prey to it. It wants you to be on all the time. It wants you to be engaging. It wants you 
to be sitting with your significant other and in the back of your mind wondering what's going on and what have I, what have I missed? Right. It wants you to do that. Right. How, right. how, how does like that play ter- out? It's like terrifying almost. Yeah, I know. About it. Yeah. How, yeah. Do, how does that play out with infertility specifically? Would you say is the hard about or the bad quote unquote about infertility and in Instagram? I think it gives you so much more because we're talking about how many more people you're meeting. So you wanted to meet people because you didn't have these people in your life or you wanted to meet more people and you wanted to feel a part of something. And then you are. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, she has the same diagnosis as me and her protocol is different than mine or her doctor's telling her this thing or you're, you know, I, I did this and I was so happy that people pointed this out to me that all of a sudden you have some sort of a following and you're talking with such assertion on what you're going through with such confidence in what your protocol is. And people would reach out to me and I'm so glad they pointed this out. They're like, you're not a doctor and you need to remember (laughs) you are not a doctor. And there are so many people here who are listening to you and the way that I would talk at some point was like, this is the way that it worked. Like I tried to be careful of that. And I didn't even realize that I was still talking in a way that was making people question their own protocols and making people question where they were in their journey and making people question. So it's like, you know, you're, somebody can be on their fourth round of IVF and have this amazing community, but also see people who have now had two babies through through IVF. And it's a negative impact on our psyche that we get, we put down our phones and then all of a sudden we're like, but my life is shit and everybody else's life is better. So all of that stuff that we see in general with social media of like the picture perfect stuff, whether it's just lifestyle brands or um, beauty, beauty products, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And these influencers with their perfect lives all of a sudden, even people who are trying to be real on Instagram, especially in, in, in a community, not just the infertility community, but communities that are going through something that's very sensitive, mm-hmm. we walk away a lot of times feeling bad after we have had our experience on social media. Yes, it's so funny. Exactly. It makes me think about you know the good of something like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is, like wherever the social community is coming together, the good of it is that you get other people. And for so many individuals out there who are struggling by themselves, who feel like they don't know anyone else who's experienced what they've experienced, they get other people, which is probably one of life's greatest gifts is the, is the, idea in the uh, the feeling of community right feeling like i'm not alone the ability to turn to a group of other people and be like hey so my doctor just said this oh my gosh i'm so freaking out what do you guys think and to hear what they think i think that is such a good about it this platform has even given us options to narrow down to the very specific group of people who've experienced even things that we've experienced and it's what a gift to the world for the people who created that my my pushback is it's great to have 10 people like that yes. <laughs> it's great to turn to your seven friends who have all experienced what it's like to fail three IUIs and not have a diagnosis and have this level of numbers and go oh my gosh this just sucks and they go I know I'm feeling you have you asked your doctor this 10 people like that what a blessing well, when you have 375, let alone 5,200, 10,900, 44,000, when you have that many people to turn to, 
it's like, how could you even process that? It just becomes a nightmare in terms of a logistical, I asked and I got all these different questions and now I feel like I'm, uh, I think it goes right. from helpful to unhelpful purely based on the numbers. Yet of course. We're, we're tempted to all want the numbers because we think it provides right. something. Fame. It provides nothing. Yeah. A provides good headache. feeling. <laughs> yeah. But we're tempted to go like, oh, it, it would be better if my channel had 10,000 followers well, in the, instead of five. But really, the the point of the platform really maxes out at 10, which is crazy. No mm -hmm, one would want right. to do that. But maybe it might be the thing that is most helpful is if we just gave up on how many people followed us. You know? Yeah. And one thing I would say to this that I noticed very quickly when I came into the infertility community, because we've only been in it for like a year, a yeah. year the Instagram infertility community um, was... I love when people say that they like a trigger warning and stuff like that. I love that. The thing, like, I think that's really helpful, especially when you're announcing pregnancies and stuff like that. I love the sensitive post with the swipe. The thing that makes me sad is when I see it's okay if you unfollow me. Mm -hmm. Oh, like if you get pregnant, or if something. you get pregnant or you finally get whatever, some of these people that do have these infertility, especially when you only have an infertility account and then you have your personal account, sometimes the infertility community is the only people that they're sharing with. Right. So yeah. now this person that is, you know, t tells every single detail, the person on, on that's following you might know more about your body than your mom. You know what I mean? Cause you're saying right. temperatures <laughs> yeah. and you're saying this, and this is the thing that I did or whatever. And then you're telling that person when you finally get what you want, pregnancy or whatever, that it's okay if they unfollow you. So now right. you're, abandoned by you could be abandoned by the infertility community and you've told no one in your life that what you've been going right, through what you went through to get there and that I, just breaks my heart it's really hard the the aspect of where do i fit in right is and that's something that you don't really if you're not sharing in this community where potentially you move forward or potentially you stay behind quote unquote because you haven't gotten to where you want to get to yet um you know you, where do I fit in? So what happens right. when I do get pregnant? What happens to my account where like this is no matter how many followers you have, what happens to my account now that I've brought home my baby and my support system? Because bringing home a baby post infertility is very different than bringing home a baby. I 100% um, agree. When you haven't been through infertility and I've experienced both. And the other thing, Doug, that in terms of what you were talking about of like, you know, the more followers you have, the more you're kind of sorting through a gazillion different opinions mm -hmm. that applies for people who only have 25 followers because yeah. they have <laughs> yeah. endless, it, it takes Googling your symptom to an extreme because you're now quote unquote Googling your symptom where people can actually respond. So you're searching a hashtag that's like hashtag PCOS and infertility or hashtag PCOS for, you know, whatever it is. And you can start going down this rabbit hole of finding information, getting 172 different answers and your mind being blown and you're more confused than you were when you started right. off. Totally. Exactly. Totally. People yeah. are saying words that you had no idea. You're like, oh, should I like look into that? Yeah. And there's an amazing education standpoint too, like I said, where you can learn how to advocate yourself for yourself in a completely different way because there are people who are giving you a vocabulary that you didn't know, especially when you're first starting off and your doctor... I remember my first appointment just like pretending to nod my head and understand what the right. hell he was saying. And I had no clue what was going on. And 
then you have this amazing community where you can go and you can say, hey, my doctor said this. He was going so fast or she was going so fast. I don't know. And you've got a support system that gives you the confidence to go back and say, hey, I have a question about this. And, and, And where is that line? where we say, you know, Doug, what you were saying, it's like 10 people is good for that. But what happens Mm -hmm. when you have unlimited amount of people? And if you don't like the other thing that happens too, is that if you don't like the answer that you're given, when you ask somebody, you can just go ask 197 more people. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no answer you're going to be satisfied with. Right. And I think you can follow something like on Instagram, just alone, you can follow like 7,000 people. Right. It, it, there's oh, it's not even yeah hard. there's a like, limit did you know that you don't have to i didn't, know. I didn't know have that to like get followers you can just go follow all these exactly. people so i mean like anyone any single person could just open up their phone open up account and go get seven thousand voices of input into their life right which is a which is a crazy thing it makes me it makes me think we don't i think necessarily think about the the responsibility that we put upon ourselves there's I mean, the one thing i think about in, in the good category about infertility too is understanding different perspectives understanding the way yes. that infertility affects different communities cultures different, yeah different cultures um different perspectives i have learned and so gratefully learned from so many different people from different walks of life how mm-hmm. this experience affects them i love that but it, there's a certain responsibility that i put upon myself because instagram has no breaks right like you've said mm-hmm. a, a ton like it only encourages us to be on more mm-hmm. it only it focuses it literally even knows how long we look at an actual screen. So it only is giving us more of what we want, but then the onus really starts to come to us and it comes to our will of like, what do we really want? Do we have the willpower to put down the phone? Do we have the willpower to read something that changes our mind, but change our mind in a healthy way? You know, do we have the willpower to not only surround ourselves with people from our own like perspective? It's, this crazy powerful tool. It's the total Spider-Man with great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. You know great, I mean? Yes, with great power comes yes. great responsibility. We have been given and like godlike yes. ability to look into the world and to right. find people and it, like no <laughs> no group ever in human history had the power to go, I right. want to know what people in St. Louis who are 28 years old who are experiencing PCOS right. feel like. It's like, Oh my God, that's insane. You can can narrow down. You can get so niche, which is amazing. You can get so niche or you can go really wide. Right, right, right. Right. And I think the responsibility factor goes back to kind of what we were talking about in the beginning that Mm -hmm. when you, when you start to have a negative experience with social media, if anybody walks away with anything from this, if you aren't feeling good that day on social media and something is upsetting you, put the phone down and walk away because mm-hmm. we end mm-hmm. up feeling so attached to these people, first of all, who we've never even met in real life. And that doesn't mean that relation, real relationships don't form online. I have like four right. women who I have met through the Instagram community who over the course of the last you know, year and a half that I earned almost two years that I, since I joined this community are like my real friends, but also we didn't know that we were real friends until we went through something difficult together where we had a difference of opinions and we Mm. saw how we actually communicated with each other when we didn't agree on something or these women would hold me accountable. The reason that I love them is that they would hold me accountable if I was saying something that was out of line or out of touch or um, not being inclusive in the way that I strive to be inclusive. And 
that's how I realized these women were my good friends. And what ends up happening too, that I hear from a lot of people is that they feel left out because they'll be scrolling through comments and they'll see, love you, mama. Oh, I love you. Like they'll see so many, I love yous in comments between lots of women. And, and they then suddenly feel like they're not a part of that group. Mm -hmm. And I urge people to remember so often those people have never even had a phone conversation in real life. (laughs) It's just a thing that like they end up saying, and it's, and maybe they mean it, maybe they don't, but don't get hung up on somebody else's relationship and have it make you feel like you're not a part of something. When in reality, you're a part of a different group or you have that one friend. If you walk away with one really good friend from this, who is there for you, that is powerful. wish there was a perfect platform that only gave us good feelings you know right if the if it existed we'd be on it but uh and i'm really a big fan of does. clubhouse, clubhouse yeah. yes is, is something i'm a huge fan of because yeah. clubhouse is an amazing space and it's also live audio so you're listening to what people have to say you can join the conversation it's really a two-way dialogue where Instagram and also what I love about clubhouse too, is you can put the phone down and listen Yes, and be engaged in your life and get stuff done. Whereas with Instagram, all of a sudden, I think we're all guilty of this where we're like just checking really quick. And then all of a sudden we don't realize that 25 minutes just went by. Yes. Like what? There is an Instagram time suck. And Clubhouse is a space that I think really is focusing a lot more on community in a different way than Instagram is. But Doug, I love what you said. It's it's really a place, Instagram specifically is a place where you can feel so connected but and also so lonely all at the same time. Totally. I think I think both of those ways of what you of what you guys were saying can lead to isolation. And then what I was saying is if you tell the person to unfollow and you now you don't fit in here and you haven't told anybody in your real life that can also lead to isolation. And that was the most aha moment for me coming into the infertility and Instagram community. Because it's like, where do I fit in? And one thing that's great is that, you know, for people who are going, there are going to be people in the infertility community who at the end of the day are not going to walk away with their baby. And I love the fact that we now have, yeah, but, and we also have the the childless not by choice community that we are now kind of bridging this gap, which I really love that there, there's a place that you know that you can land. And it's not just about being childless. There's a place that when, you know, anybody who does end up with their baby, you know that you can land in a space where there are going to be other people who've had a baby after infertility. However, when you hit that milestone at a different time than somebody that than your group of people who you've connected with. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's, you can unfollow me now that I've had my baby or you right. can unfollow me now that I've, I've chosen to live childless. And I've, I've speak, I've spoken to people who have chosen to live childless and people in the infertility com- community abandoned them because they didn't want to see that lifestyle, oh. which is like, what it's crazy to me that yes. we so quickly abandon each other, but at the same time, wh- how do you manage your triggers? Yeah, I how know. does that work? I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just saying, oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm yeah. like, we need somebody to give us a, a master class. And yes, 
like, how do you actually manage your feelings and your triggers in a community where you are with, whether you have X amount of followers or not, you're still a part of a community that has over a million people in it. Right, right. And how do you manage all of those feelings with all of those people? Right. And I've been trying to figure that out for two years. Like, I don't think anyone has the answer. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I don't have the answer. It makes you think that um, there's, you know, we talk about this at Uniquely Knitted a lot is that that we all have certain self-care routines. We all have different ways Mm -hmm. that we interact with community. What the internet does is really pour gasoline on the fire. It's like it's we synthesized friendship. You know what I mean? Like a synthetic drug, you know? Mm-hmm. We took something that generally happens organically and we turned it into this synthesized process which now we can we can get friendship at scale, you know? But it's the same thing that happens with self-care in infertility. It's like we all generally have this organic level of self-care. What infertility does is it forces you to take that self- level of self-care and jack it through the roof. The problem is, is we hope that all, all those things are healthy. If we had, right. if we had perfectly healthy self-care, going through infertility would be more manageable because we would just ramp up that level of self-care we have. The problem is that the self-care that we generally have sucks and we're, right. we're just ramping that up. You know what I mean? Like we're on our 7,000th yoga class and it's like, I still feel horrible. I love right. yoga and I think everyone should do it, but I'm just saying there are areas that we're, that we could investigate that's that we are turning the knob up on them really really high to make sure that they're healthy same thing right. with friendship all the problems that i have mm-hmm. in friendship like in my friendships like the you know the relationships that i have the things that i do that were unhealthy online i just do them at a Ooh, higher that's scale that's good doug you know I mean? i've never yes. thought of that before it's like whatever you do, do it in yeah. 10 times the amount, I mean, a hundred million times the amount that I'm doing it in real life. All yes. of our vices, all of the bad things that we do in our friendships. Gosh, that's so good. That's so smart. You're just synthesizing yeah. it to a degree that is generally probably just hurts hurts you, you know? Right. right. It's like, yeah. well, I, I, um, I only surround myself with people who look just like me and think just like me. Well, if you go online with that same attitude, you're going to, you're right. going to get, you're going to get offended a lot. Well, <laughs> you're just going to do that same thing, you know? And it's going to so be good. like, well, my feed is only people who are like me. And then anytime someone jumps out of that, I kick them out. Well, it's like, well, you shouldn't do that with the 10 friends you have and you shouldn't do that with the 40,000 friends you have. There is a lot of good in joining the social media conversation about infertility. You will find people. You will find goodness. But whatever way that you interact with people is only going to be amplified through the roof. That was brilliant, Doug. And it's yeah. you're going to be like, if you struggle in this area out in the wild, you're going to struggle with it online. So, you know, right. you just got to watch for that and you got to feel like, what am I really entering this conversation with? But it, it leads us to a hot topic, I would say. And that is the, the topic of being an influencer. Social media has created this category of something that you can be that never existed before. I mean, it existed in other other ways, but it really exists kind of exclusively online. This idea of being an influencer, someone who just lives their life and everyone loves following them on all of these different apps that they can advertise, they can talk about stuff. People want them to represent their companies just because so many people are paying attention to their life. Is infertility a 
place where you can do that? Can you be an infertility influencer? I, I kind of don't know. And I want you to tell us, Monica, can you be <laughs> an infertility influencer? The simple answer is yes, because Instagram allows for that to happen. And it, being an influencer, this this is a difficult question for me because it is, I don't hard. necessarily agree with it. But the reality is being an influencer is an actual job now. It oh, yeah, really is. Totally. People make money on it. People support their families on it. People are able to pay for their treatments through it. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it goes back to the power of your own experience with social media. I, I, I have, in my mind, there are two different types of infertility influencers. There are the people who started sharing their journey and kind of accidentally became influencers yes. and are using their powers for good. And are, Mm -hmm. even if they're, you know, sharing their journey and they are doing sponsor posts and paid posts, they're transparent about the fact that they're doing a a, a paid post. They're sharing their, their journey to help people. They are um, there and so genuine. And then there are the other people who are utilizing their infertility and their trauma to grow their accounts. And I think people truly can sniff out the difference because people sniff out what they don't like. And what I don't like Ah. isn't necessarily going to be the same thing that Doug doesn't like. Mm. There could be an account that I can't stand and I've blocked it because it's, I don't feel like it's genuine. And I think it's a disservice to the community. However, that person might be somebody who somebody else thinks is one of the greatest accounts that exists. Yep. In Instagram land. So far be it from me to be the person to say this account is horrible when so many other people might think that it's great. Or I might find an account that I love and I think this person is so genuine. And Jesse, you might be like, she's bullshitting through her teeth. (laughs) Right. There's just a different, you know, we all are drawn to different things. And I, I think that there is space for an infertility influencer for me personally, when it's somebody who utilizes their powers for good and their intentions overall are to be a part of a community, to continue being a part of a community, to be there for people. And I can't expect that these people now in the infertility world who have, you know, 30,000, 40,000, 100,000, 200,000 followers are going to be able to reply to everybody. It's hard enough to Mm -hmm. reply when you have 200 followers, let alone thousands of followers. Yes. But, you know, and then there, again, there are the other people who I personally, again, this is my personal experience and it, it doesn't have to be yours where I feel like people are trauma posting all of the time because they know that those are the posts that are going to get the most amount of likes. It's like a car accident. Unfortunately, you can't look away from it. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Totally. And I don't, for me personally, like when there are pages that are growing at such a, a rate and all they're doing is posting about trauma. Now, let me say this. Being able to have a space where you can post about your trauma and talk about what you're going through is so important. And I never want to minimize that. And I don't want anybody listening to walk away being like, well, I wanted to post about my experience because I needed to find people who had been through the same thing, or I wanted to let other people know that I had been through that and you are not alone. There is so much space for that. But when I see people utilizing trauma and the bad 
to continuously grow their mm-hmm. following and and then you know there's so much engagement with their platform and what's going on and brands want to work with them and then they're hawking products to the infertility community that make no sense for the community mm-hmm. and it's not even a product that they love it's not a product that they ever talked about before it's just very obvious that a brand reached out to them and you know, they're going to work with them. For me, that doesn't sit well, unless somebody is transparent and they say, I'm trying to pay for my treatments or I'm trying to support my family. And this is my job. Then I have the utmost respect for people who are transparent when it's a sponsored post, who are, you know, just honest with what's going on. I agree. I love the, I don't know if you've seen this, but some of the bigger, bigger accounts, not even in the infertility community, it's a girl that I follow that is just random, but she has about 300,000 followers and she has made a slide explaining why she does ads. This is my job. This is helping feed my family. This is paying my rent. And when I read that, I stopped and I listened to her ad and I was like, okay, you like these band-aids. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I want to give her support. I want to give her support of like, she's really trying. And then she has a slide that ends her ad. And she says, thank you so much for helping me, you know, support my family. This is, this is how I support my family. And then it's over. And then it's like, oh, oh. And it's like, I don't know why that is so helpful for me. We have to remember that we are, if there's an influencer that you like in the infertility community Uh and you're constantly consuming their content, and then you're going to get mad at them that they're doing a sponsored post Now, look, I will say that I have like done a little poking fun of like influencers just in terms of like, you know, it's like every time they sign online, they're talking about their quote unquote favorite face wash. And it's like, well, your favorite face wash has now changed 27 times. Like I I can't, right. Brain does not compute, but these are people you are consuming their content. And as you know, as content creators at Uniquely Knitted, it takes a lot of time to create this content. So much time. It takes a lot of energy And if you have an audience and people are there, whether you have 50 followers or 500,000 followers, brands also like working with um, accounts that have smaller engaged audiences. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the people who have thousands and thousands of followers, but there is a space for somebody to be able to make money when they have turned this into their job. And I do have respect for that. So my long-winded answer of is there space for an infertility influencer is yes there is and there are going to be some people who people don't resonate with and that's okay and there are going to be others who are wonderful and amazing and vice versa and it's again take control if you don't like what you're seeing and you don't like that influencer and you feel like they're disingenuous and taking advantage of you unfollow them. Right, right. right. We have Don't the, fuel we have the, the fire. That's what I feel like. And people sometimes still follow to fuel their fire. And exactly what you said, right. Doug, I love of like, probably what bugs you in real life that people do are probably what's going to bug you online what people do. You know what I mean? And I think I've never thought about that that yeah. way before of like, yes, the things that bother me online is what bothers me and people in general. I think influencing is a skill. I really do. I think it's completely... Uh, separate from all the things that we go through. Some people just have the ability to tell stories. They, they're mm-hmm. just interesting the way they talk. They're funny. You know, they're, they just have this power of influence that just comes through. And then when they translate that to anything, whether it's a, the job that they work in, we know someone, I won't even say her name, but uh, there's this person that we know that is incredibly famous online, but it's like, sh- 
she, they would be famous anywhere, whether they were in the mm. auto industry or the like hair and makeup industry. No, like wherever they're going, they're influencing. Just it's who, who they, they are. Their, you know, they bleed it out. Yeah, and yeah. I love that, I, and I celebrate that because the world forever from its you know in, from forever ago has had people who have the power of influence. I think mm-hmm. what you don't want to do is in order to achieve that, exploit something in your life that people kind of can't right. turn away from, you yes. know, whether it would right. be really adorable kids or a really, really sad infertility journey or, you know, being mm-hmm. sick or whatever. You just don't want to exploit something to get that, that thing of influence. If you are an influencer, you're an influencer. Like you can't stop it. Right. But you don't want to take something that is private and go, oh, I could exploit this. Right. And then people would follow me and then I would get all these things I would want. That's, and I, I think, think, an unhealthy way to approach it. And I think sometimes it happens exactly. on accident. They're not meaning to, but it can happen on accident. Well, they just know what works. Exactly. And that's the thing too, is that they know what works. Oof, right. And yeah. I don't know, some of these people that I um, personally, I have just seen people, Jesse, I think you're right. They don't even know that they're doing it. They just know that mm-hmm. these are the posts that resonate with people. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're going to keep doing. And they see that their numbers are going up. And so they feel like they're doing good because they keep growing and people like their photos and they're getting thousands of likes. And they have no idea that they're even exploiting their own experience, their own lives, their marriages, their children, anything. They right. don't even know that they're doing it. Exactly. And then I think some people know exactly what they're doing too. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> it's both and. Yeah. When it comes to posting things online, a way in which we can kind of categorize them and help people find them is by posting posting hashtags. From when I started thinking about hashtags like a million years ago on Instagram, it was always I thought of an Insta- a hashtag like a joke, like hashtag mm-hmm. you know, and then you make some joke up. It really made no no difference on the photo. But now people actually are part of communities based on hashtags. To you, Jesse and Monica, both of you are hashtagging photos every day. How do you make the decision? Are you just trying to get people to see it? Should people be using hashtags to join communities? Should you be posting something about being, should you be posting a picture of you know your children on their 11th birthday saying infertility support? Is that infertility support? How do you use the hashtag? Because you used infertility one time when you were going through an IUI process, can you now forever that child's life use the the hashtag of infertility? I kind of don't know. What are your thoughts? Monica, I'm going to have you go first because we'll probably have the same opinion. Go first. <laughs> I, had, I was a hashtag offender and I want to own it. <laughs> there was a time when I first started out and I was using hashtags to find to find people to to connect with and to find Mm -hmm. content. And I then started creating content and using hashtags to be a part of the community. And I was cutting and pasting hashtags. Mm. And I did not realize that when I announced my pregnancy, I had utilized the hashtag of hashtag miscarriage support, Mm -hmm. which Somebody reached out to me and they were lovely. God, I don't even know if I would have been that lovely. They were just like, (laughs) hey, love your content. I just want to let you know I've seen you do this a few times now. 
you keep using the same hashtags and miscarriage support. Like my account had grown at that, at that point. And some of my posts were the top posts in miscarriage support or hashtag miscarriage. And it was such an eye-opening experience to me that I unintentionally, but it doesn't matter because intent versus impact is so important. I was hurting people. And so I then became very conscious about the hashtags that I use. You know, I did have a miscarriage. I, I did utilize miscarriage support, but my pregnancy announcement had no business being in that hashtag. Where it did deserve a hashtag is pregnancy after miscarriage. That's a hashtag. Mm -hmm. And that's a great space for people who are looking for support after miscarriage and getting pregnant to find it. And so when, when we all just start using hashtags willy nilly without thinking about how other people utilize hashtags, I think, you know, your IVF journey, infertility journey, that's kind of a broad category because being pregnant is still a part of that journey. And but then other people feel very strongly that once you get pregnant, um, which I did start to do to be considerate of others, I started using pregnant, pregnant after infertility mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pregnancy support after infertility and kind of caveating it to create that space so that when somebody was just jumping online for the first time and they're, you know, in the dark um, at three o'clock in the morning, looking at hashtags, trying to find where they belong, they weren't inundated with content that really didn't belong in that hashtag. And so I think if we can all just put a little bit of thought into the hashtags that we use so that even, you know, if you feel really tied to a hashtag, you can't stop somebody from using it and that's fine. Yeah. But just really think about you at your most vulnerable state. And if you were searching a certain hashtag and you saw a photo that you knew could be triggering, would you want to see that? And do you want somebody else to have to experience that now that you're at a different place in your, in your experience? So I just think a little care matters in this. And Doug, you're right. I used to use hashtags. It was like hashtag Monica and her martini. Like when I was (laughs) just like, it was always a joke. And then hashtags were obviously a place that people actually search for content. So I think that we need to be careful. I agree. I've asked this question to our online community before of it is, is, is it encouraging to you when you see someone get what you want, like get pregnant? And there was very, very, very few that said yes, very few. So I think that's so brilliant of how you worded that of like just being cautious, like you can still use the hashtag pregnancy after infertility that's fine there's a community for that but i think that it was it was it was actually wasn't shocking to me because i had a feeling that was the way it was going to go was just you know there was very few that said i'm encouraged to see pregnancy as i'm going through my infertility you know what i mean i have a question on that the people who responded with yes it's encouraging are those people because what i have found is the people that say it's so encouraging a lot of times are people who ended up getting a baby, having a baby through the experience, no matter whether it was, you know, through IVF, IUI, medicated cycle, adoption, surrogacy, uh, whatever it was, it's usually, and I know that there are some people that are still inspired who, who don't have their baby yet and they feel hopeful. Right. But I have seen a lot of people on the side of the argument, this shouldn't even be an argument, a discussion that say they felt, um, 
inspired and like it kept hope for them, but also they have their babies or they were pregnant. And I think it's easier to say that it inspired you once you are in that space, because I can tell you this right now, I was not inspired by a million people getting pregnant my Mm. third year into my infertility journey. I was like, (laughs) what the hell is going on? Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think if you are, say I'm struggling and I'm going through the extra steps to open my phone, go to Instagram, go to Facebook, punch in or even TikTok, whatever it is, and punch in infertility support, I'm hoping that I find infertility Infertility support. support. Like I'm not hoping to follow anyone, you know, I'm not... I'm yeah, not looking exactly. for influencers to follow or to see what post is getting a lot of traction. I want right. what I'm looking for. So right. I think we got to categorize what we're putting out into the world so that people find it accurately. If you're posting stuff that nobody wants to look at, I mean, at the end of the day, like kind of who cares? Do you, It goes back to that original conversation we were having the very in the very beginning is it goes into the intent of what we're doing online. Are we trying to become this gigantic thing for, for, I don't even know what reasons. If you're doing that and you're just trolling all of the infertility community to you know, sprinkle your content out so that it gets the most interaction, I get that that's how you maybe grow an account, but also you're going to hurt people along the way. And if you're comfortable with doing that, I guess you could do it, but I just personally don't feel comfortable hurting people in the process of trying to grow an account. I want people to find things accurately. A lot of what we do, we're a nonprofit, obviously, that is like um, neurotically unmedical in the terms of not giving medical advice. We also are not, I think we're very gentle. So I feel very comfortable in a lot of things that we post putting infertility support because I know that if you were to click on our post, if you were to figure out who we were, go to the links that we have for you, you actually would get infertility support. And I just, I guess this is a perfect world scenario, but I would just hope that everyone has that same thought process in that if you were posting something about um, miscarriage, that someone would be able to go to your page and read your story and see who you are and feel a sense of connection and comfort when when they figure out who you are instead of like, oh, you're just trying to get me to follow you. That feels mercenary or feels, I don't know, icky, I guess. It, it is because it is icky. And as a person who was a hashtag offender and not even thinking, I was like so, hashtag offender. I was so, it, it, it was amazing to me how quickly I went from being a person who was hurt by something that I just turned around and did because I was in a different place. And I am so thankful to that person who reached out to me because part of, I do believe too that whether it's intentional or not, if you continue down the road of having an Instagram account that has a presence, it is okay for people to hold you accountable and tell you when you do something that hurts the community, hurts them. You might not want to hear it. I've seen people do such a beautiful job of listening and changing and being more aware of things. And I've also seen people that are just like, well, If you don't like it, you can unfollow me. And I think that (laughs) those two places exist. And at the end of the day, really all we can do is control ourselves. You, You can reach out to somebody and you can tell them that Miss hashtag offender Monica, you hurt me and this is not okay. And I wanna I wanna bring it to your attention. And I can either change or I can say unfollow me. 
But that person, all they can do is control their own experience. And if my response was, well, go ahead and unfollow me, that's your problem, not mine. Don't police me around here. I'm going to do what I want to do. Then that's where I do think those emotions, it's like that person gets so upset and they're spinning round and round and round on something that this person they're never going to meet in real life said to them, take the power, take control, unfollow and move on and don't waste any time of your life being upset that you didn't get the answer that you wanted because life is just too precious to be upset about Instagram. It really is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> <In> Jesus name. <laughs> I was going to add something and I was like, nope. No, I would, in I Jesus- would say <laughs> in the same way, you would never probably be like if that if that's happening, that person is like that. They're like that yeah. at schools. They were like that in high school. They're like that in their college. They're like that at their job. And if you're probably never going to be connected to that person anyway, you know, they're the type of person that you're like, hey, uh, in the break room, you did that. And they're like, I'm doing what I'm doing. If you don't like it, you shut up and get over it. And you're like, well, I'm never probably going to be connected to that person anyway. Somehow, though, on Instagram, though, we're like, but I, I need to be connected to this person. Like, you need no, to you don't. Liked. You need to have right. positive experience. You need these things that, like you said, Doug, it's so true. We need, and it goes back to what we were saying before, too. You meet so many more people yes. in Instagram land than you would in your real life. And usually when you have one negative interaction with somebody in real life, you're like, well, that sucked. And you kind of can move on from it. But we also feel pretty invested in these people that we think we know. Right. Until you have an actual interaction with them that is a negative one. And then that's when, like I said before, that's when you can really learn, is this the person I actually respect? Is this the person? Because their Uh appearances are amazing and they put together these wonderful posts, but that's a controlled environment. So what happens when you address them in a way that, that they can't control you? So how do they respond? Right. And I think we could just do a better job at integrating in general, just being more integrated and not putting the quote unquote influencer on some puzzle, on some pedestal that we think we have them figured out and we think that we have them politically figured out and we think we have them whatever, what their views on seatbelts are. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, there's so many things where it's like, I think it's like, we just need to be a little bit more integrated of like, okay, this person thinks this way politically or whatever but they also say really good things about this. And it's like, mm-hmm. why also do we have to put this influencer of like, oh, she breathed in the wrong direction politically than right. I think, but then you love everything else that they say or you get super right. encouraged by them. So I think also as like someone that's just on Instagram, you know, looking at these people, it's like, I think we all could just do a better job at being integrated and taking the both and like, right, you know. I think that I, speaks to the fact that we suck at integrating in our culture. You know, like, I don't general. suck at you know, integrating. And, I'm just kidding. And is a really powerful word instead of but. Like yes. the power of and is really important. And and for me personally, where I draw my line is hate. When somebody is hateful and yeah. somebody is completely disrespectful and mm-hmm. somebody is racist or anti-Semitic or anti like whatever, anti-Muslim, anti-anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Um LGBTQ plus community that, you know, anything that is hateful, I draw a line there. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are plenty of people who have 
different views than I do. And I've had amazing conversations. Jug, it goes back to what you said. There are people who have opened my eyes to things I never would have even known. Like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known it existed Mm -hmm. if I didn't surround myself with people who didn't just look like me, talk like me, act like me, all of it. And I'm very thankful for Instagram for that because I've made friends in Atlanta who I'm, I'm now like I met people in my city that I didn't even know existed so and cool. we've taken our friendship off platform. And that's great. We, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that this social media world also connected me to people in real life. And that's not a part of the influencer conversations. I think my biggest takeaway from this conversation is the whole thing of what we were talking about, about probably how you are in real life you're going to bring to your Instagram world. And I think that things that trigger me and things that make me really upset, things that make me really happy, things that make me really sad, things that make me want to celebrate in real life, I can bring to in. Instagram and the probably the parts that are unhealthy in my real life, my real life, in my, yeah, I guess real life, um, <laughs> real life make me upset in the Instagram world. And I had never thought about it that way of, you know, and the certain kind of, you know, quote unquote influencers or the people that kind of bug you or whatever. It's like, it's just what's happening in my real life. And I think that's really good for me to work on in my real life and in my Instagram life of just, you know, you know, taking, thinking about that. And I've never thought about it that way before. I love that. It's the amplification of experience. And if you are starting to get super frustrated or you don't feel good on Instagram, put your phone down, walk away Mm -hmm. and go for a walk. Um, you know, I think a lot of us spend a lot of time heads down in Instagram world because infertility does become your life. Yeah. And so you spend a lot of time within the infertility community, scrolling through posts, and we can then end up missing out on reading that book that we were going to do, you know, reading the book or going for a walk or engaging in our life in a different way. And so I think overall that Instagram, again, there are so many amazing, wonderful, awesome aspects of support and people that you will meet and feeling a part of a community and knowing that you are not alone. And the minute that it doesn't start to feel good, instead of hate following, instead of raging and staying online for another 20 minutes, put your phone down and don't go back on Instagram until the next day or the day after when you cool off a little bit. And you're in a better headspace because I want people to remember that so much of a social media experience is mental and wherever you are in your mental state is what you are going to see. Or maybe you're going to see the opposite because you're feeling really good. And then all of a sudden you're only seeing the bad or you're feeling really bad and you're only seeing the good. And so take control of your experience. And also the last thing I'll say on this is Take some of those friendships that you've made off platform. Say, hey, let's get off DM. Let's text. Let's let's get on the phone and let's talk because there are some really incredible people out there that belong in your real life and not just in your DMs. I totally agree. I totally Love agree. That. I think for me, I would say invest 
in the 10. Invest in 10 people. Make content for those 10 people. Mm. Um, speak like you're speaking to those 10 people. Take them off platform. Call them. Get to know them. If people want to follow along, great. But I think think about just th- that 10. It will be better for your mental health. And I think it actually may make help us feel a lot more connected and feel like we have... Uh, people, but if we if we think about the ten thousand, we may get lost, and it may it may be actually a detriment to our mental health. And what's so cool that we both have is we have a program that has ten people, yeah. and mm-hmm. you have a program that has ten to fifteen people. Those mm-hmm. are you, you already have it. You know what I mean? Like, like if jo- you're in yeah. a part of one of those groups, you already have that ten. Yeah, you know join mean? those. Like, yeah. if you got started here, join that because that's the a much healthier next step right. than going. Okay, it was great with these ten. I'll get ten thousand. It's like, oh, I hate right. to warn you, but <laughs> and think about how you fill your cup. Do you feel more fulfilled having an hour long one on one conversation with somebody and? really having genuine back and forth, or do you really feel fulfilled scrolling? And you're going to feel that at different times. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you're not even feeling like talking and you just feel like zoning out and scrolling. That can be a form of meditation. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But when you really want to connect with somebody, pick up the phone and call somebody. Ask, go to those DMs and ask for a phone number and say, hey, you know what? I feel like we've really connected and I'd love to, to take this off platform. I love that, Doug. Focus on the 10 because then you'll also be genuine to yourself too. Totally. You'll be true to yourself if you focus on those 10. Mm-hmm. Totally. Monica, thank you so much for being here in this conversation. I think what a wildly fascinating topic, something that it really impacts so many people. There are so many people who are talking about infertility online. And I think this conversation could really help them navigate it in a way that helps them feel good. If people want to follow you <laughs> and know more about <laughs> you, but they think that you're interested and they, and they want in on your lifestyle, how can they find you and, and and what are you doing in the in the community that they can join? Yes, so you can find me on Instagram at Monica's So Called Life with underscores. Yes, um, separating each word, and I'm really proud to be a part of the Infertility Unfiltered team. Um, Infertility Unfiltered is a support group that talks about all different topics within infertility. We have uh, a bunch of different programs uh, ranging from six week long programs for primary infertility, secondary infertility, pregnancy and life after baby. We also have a series that focus on being childless after infertility. So it's really a space to kind of dive into everything from donor conception to anything that's impacting the infertility world. And we're always looking for feedback on that too, for more programs. So please check us out at infertility unfiltered also on Instagram. Thank you for all you do for the infertility community. We might be obsessed with you. Thank you. Thank you. I am obsessed with you guys. And thank you for everything that you do. Genuinely. I am so excited to just know you guys and everything that you do for the community. And we love having you guys on it in Fertility Unfiltered and the support that you give us. So thank you. And I just think that you guys are so fun. People should know that you're very fun. (laughs) We try. So are you. You're the only influencer I follow. So (laughs) am am I even an influencer? That's the thing. I don't consider myself one, but here we are. You've influenced me. So (laughs) here you go. 